Good morning, everybody. Uh, hope everybody's had a great week. This is week three of Balanced, and we're so excited about what God is doing so far. We've had some amazing, amazing testimonies that people are sending us, emails, and all that kind of stuff. So the first two weeks, just in review of Balance, week one, we said give, save, live on the rest is the proper starting point to be balanced. That if you don't give first, then save, and then live on the rest, that that's not the proper way to get started. And so often that's why we're out of balance. And then week two, week two, we said that we are trustees or we're, we're the, the people that God has honored with taking care of his money as Christ followers. For every one of us that are in Christ, we're the ones that are responsible for that. And so we said, you got to be knowing where your money's going. And hopefully a bunch of you kept up this week with the sheet that we gave you and you kept up with that and it showed you a lot, maybe some holes that you had in your finances and so going forward, we're going to continue to look at why we're not balanced. And today, the title of the message is called Constant Corrections. Constant Corrections. Um, how many of you guys watched How many of you guys watched the guy that was trying to walk across the Grand Canyon last year on the, the tightrope? Did any of y'all watch that? Was that not crazy? It was crazy. Uh, we got something today to kind of show what it looks like to be balanced. And when I think of balance and I think of corrections, I think of that guy walking across with his balance beam. And it was, you know, he kept it centered. And the whole time he's walking, if y'all remember, this thing was shaking. And I, we were freaking out the whole time we were watching it. We were with our guy's small group, and we were watching it uh, outside together. And we were like, this dude is nuts. And it almost seemed like it wasn't real until he knelt down. Did y'all remember this? He knelt down, and he crouched down just like this. And he stopped on this long, long, long rope that was across all of the Grand Canyon. And I was just like dude is nuts but the reason that he said he was doing that is because there's a wobble and I can you imagine being in the middle of the Grand Canyon and watching that thing wobble and seeing it moving when the wind blows you have to you have to correct it and like when, when I'm walking on something that's like two feet off the ground like when the kids when we take them to a playground or something <laughs> there's something like that I struggle to keep my balance with that but imagine being that high and you die like there's nothing under you there's no protective things there's no harness you're gonna die and and he would bend down, and he had such great balance that he was able to do that. But the whole time, I, I remember him watching and going back and watching it again. And, and what he said was the whole time, I have to constantly correct what I am to balance out what, what we do. And isn't it interesting that, that we believe that that's the right thing to do when we balance? We know that having this can correct me, and I know if I'm off or, or if I'm right, and we believe that's the right thing. But when it comes to our money, balance isn't really that big of a deal. I, I, just, I just find it fascinating that that's not something that we look at to, to try to be balanced, to constantly do the, do the right thing. So, so when it comes to my family, when it comes to my stuff, what is the, the right balance? Like to make corrections, what is the right balance? Is it, is it save and give and uh, give, save, live on the rest is great, but like, like how do I completely balance it out? And then, and then this is kind of where we're going to lead into today. Constant corrections has to do with our debt. You know, so many of us have consumer debt, but it's really not that big of a deal, right? Because all of us have consumer debt. Like, we pass it off because, like, ah, Pastor Mark, I don't really think it's that big of a deal. And I looked at my sheet last week, right? And I, I know where my money's going. But, but consumer debt's just part of it. Like, we're Americans, 
And so that's what we do. And it really doesn't seem like that big of a deal. And I know probably when you guys are sitting here today, I, I know probably that's what you're thinking is it's not that big of a deal. But let, let me tell you something. It is a huge, huge deal. And, and we're going to look at some of the words of Solomon today, the wisest man that ever lived. He wrote a book called Proverbs, which is poetry, but it's all about wisdom. And he talked about debt. He talked about what we reap is what we sow. And so often we look out and we say, you know what, I want that. This is what I want. And it's kind of the, the weird dichotomy that's happened in our country for us. And by the way, if you're not a Christian, this is for all of us. This isn't just for Christians. This is for every person in the room. We look at something, we say we want it, we get it, right? That, that's what we are. We're consumer-driven society. We, we look at it, we want it, we get it. We look at it, we want it, we get it. And that's kind of what we've done. And so, so we're going to look at three different places in Proverbs today. And we're going to look at what the wisest man that ever lived said about debt and what we should look at. So here's the first one. Here's the first one. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 7 says, The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. The rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is slave to the lender. Now, when you hear the word slave, if you're like me, that kind of puts up the, woo, <laughs> that's, right, that's a scary word, we don't, we don't really like to use the word slave very often because it brings that like sick feeling in your belly. For example, for example, um, if you're a person that gets on social media, you've probably seen the red X that people put on their hand and it's the end it movement. And people tweet out like, I'm in it to end it. And listen to me right now, I agree 100% that we should be in it to end it because that is human trafficking a lot of times it's sex slavery, but even if it's not, even if it's just human trafficking where, where young children or even adults are, are, are shipped out and human beings are sold as slaves, that is egregious and it's awful. And honestly, in our generation that grew up after the time of segregation and after the time of course of slavery in the 1800s, it, it, it's kind of mind-boggling to us to think that people are still trafficked, that people are still sold into slavery, that, that there are women that are sex slaves today, and it makes us sick to our stomach. But when it comes to our money, according to Solomon, the borrower is slave to the lender. And this is crazy. This is crazy. That means that for every one of us that have a tremendous amount of debt that we have accrued over an amount of time, we're slaves. Now, now when we hear someone is sold into slavery, we fight and we say, No! That's awful! And we get mad and we put red X's on our hands and we say, that's not good, it's awful. And we're not for that. But when it comes to our credit cards, right? When it comes to our credit cards, we just swipe. And this is why I think it happens. This is why I think that it happens. It's because on one hand, on one hand, I look out and I see something that I want. And I can, and I can call something named Discover, American Express, Visa, or MasterCard. And they can give me something. Now, in the mail, it might say you have a, uh, a zero interest for 12 months, and that sounds awesome, right? Yes! I can buy anything that I want, and I have 12 months to pay it off. And so I'll just go and buy and buy and buy and buy and buy and do everything that I want to do. And here's the thing. It's really fast. I can have it immediately. I can get what I want. What I see, I get. Listen, billions of dollars are spent every year. People, it's like a monopoly to try to get to. It's a race to see who can get the first Super Bowl commercials. Do you know why? Because they know that we are consumer-based, and they want us to swipe that card and buy whatever they're trying to sell. 
And it's any number of things. It can be clothing. It can be, it can be cars. It can be, but it doesn't matter. It can be small things. All that matters is what my eye sees, I want, and I get because it is as fast as can be. Swipe, and I've got it. Now, on the other hand, on the other hand, three Christmases ago when we had first started our church, uh, Leah and I had gotten rid of our credit cards, and we decided that we wanted to still have Laney a nice Christmas. Haston was not with us yet. And so we wanted to, to make sure that we had Lainey a nice Christmas. And so we looked and tried to decide what we were going to get her. We found something that we really liked. And at Walmart, they had it. It's awesome. It's good. And it was about $150, if I remember correctly. And we didn't have $150 extra in our budget. And so to some of you, this is a very foreign concept. But for others, you'll, be, you'll right away know what I'm about to say. We went to Walmart. We picked up the item. We took it to the back in the customer service. We said, we want this, but we can't pay for it now. But we have this much money that we can pay. And we'll come back and pay later. And when we pay it off, we'll take it home and it'll be brand new. And it'll be all paid for. That's called layaway, by the way. Some of you have never heard of that. Because layaway is a foreign concept today because we want it now. And listen, we could have right then said, no problem. Swipe the card, and we could have taken it home. Even though we didn't have the money, we could have taken it home. And like, it seems so weird, but in our generation, and in a generation even older than us, basically almost everybody in the church today, we've grown up in a society where you can buy it now. Now, in our grandparents' generation, or in some of your parents' generations, they didn't have credit cards. And you didn't go to the car dealership and say, I want that car and I'll pay this percent interest for this much for this or lease a car. And it not even be yours and you'll pay this much and you'll give it back after a couple years. That didn't exist. You paid for the car. People would leave their cars in the car auction, in the car dealership until they paid for it. And that's such a weird concept for us. We will pay $400 a month for seven years and not worry about what it's worth at the end of it, right? It's, it's not a big deal. And that's not the way it was back in the 40s. You, you bought it when it was yours. You took it home. And it's so different now because debt's really not a big deal. We just kind of turn a blind eye to it. And, and here's why. Here's why. We want everything that we can have fast. Fast. I need it now. I need it now. And we're consumer-driven, right? I need stuff right now. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. And if you're not that way, that's awesome, but it's probably 95% of the people that are in this room right now. I want what I want now, and I deserve it. And here's the thing. We don't take into consideration that we're slaves to our lender. Isn't that crazy? We're slaves. Because we see what we want, we go get it. And it doesn't matter if we have the money or not, we swipe. And people have dozens of credit cards, thousands and thousands of dollars in credit card debt. They have a credit card for every store. That in the mall. It's because what I want, I get. It doesn't matter if I have the money or not. And here's why we fight against it. Here's why we fight against it. One system is fast. Credit card, swipe, boom, it's mine. I take it home as soon as I want it. It doesn't matter what it's worth in five years. It matters what it's worth today. And one system is slow. Paying something off before you take it home is crazy, right? Why would I do that? Why would I get the cash together before I can go buy something? It's slow. I want it now. One system is fast. One system is slow. One brings peace. And the other brings, whoa, whoa, right? Whoa. Because, right at first, there is no whoa. There's yes, I get to take that home. But then when you're $50,000 in credit card debt, 
and you're up to your ears or your eyes or above your head in debt. You feel like you're suffocating, you can't get sleep at night, and if you've not been there, I certainly have. Leah and I had accrued a tremendous amount of credit card debt when we finally decided to try to get out of debt, and it's a process that we're in. We still have a car loan that we're hopefully going to pay off within the next year and one student loan, but everything else is paid for other than our house. Our goal is in the next year, two max, to be completely out of debt. The reason for that is we've gotten rid of credit cards. Some people, listen, you use a credit card and you get airline miles or you get cash back, you pay it off at the end of the month. That's awesome. And credit cards in themselves, just like money in itself, is not evil. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evils, just like the love of stuff is what gets us in this debt. One is fast, one is slow. The other, one brings peace and the other brings, whoa, look what I got myself into. That's, that's nuts. And it's kind of like this. If, if I were to go out with one of you guys today and we both dug a field, three-acre field, it's not real big, and, and we had the idea of, of planting seeds of, let's just say, corn. And corn takes a few weeks to really start sprouting and then growing and then Ultimately, we'll have ears of corn, and it'll be awesome. But after a week or two, my field that I till, and I don't plant anything, I don't put any seed down, I don't water it, I just leave it alone. It's been tilled. It looks exactly the same as your field that you planted and took time and, and did all the back work. It's slow. It's a process. It's frustrating at times. And I look and just say, I'm not worried about it because I want something now. I'll go buy an ear of corn at the grocery store. Are you kidding me? This is a waste of time. Because one is fast and one is slow. But one brings peace. When I'm out of debt, I can have peace. I'm not a slave anymore. And it is as egregious as human trafficking. But we look at it and say, you know, everybody's doing it. It's not that big of a deal. Did you know that this country is 178 billion dollars in debt and it's because it's an all of us problem not a me problem it's an all of us every one of us find ourselves saying it's really not that big of a deal it's an epidemic honestly it's a plague like when Ebola pops up we go ah Ebola someone died in Dallas are you kidding me other people are getting it oh my gosh I'm not going to Dallas I'm not doing this and we fight 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 but but there's a plague called consumerism called debt in this country right now and we just say ah we're all doing it and that's what they're spending billions of dollars on commercials and guys Whoa, we've got to calm down. Let me show you what Jesus said in John chapter 8. This is so interesting. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. You're like, hang on a second, Pastor Mark. I'm not practicing sin. Uh, it's not the same thing. I, I, I've, just, I've just accrued some debt over time. According to what Solomon said, we're practicing sin by being a slave to the lender. We're practicing sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. And so guys, here's what we want you to be free of today. This is the whole deal. This is why constant corrections are so important because we look out like we're walking on a tightrope. We look out and we say, I'm a little off here. I need to get rid of that Discover card because I realize that I have $8,000 debt and the best thing that I can do is take a step back. Take that sheet of paper that we gave you, right? Take that sheet of paper and start looking at every single thing every week. Get that, get that Quicken spreadsheet out. Get that Excel spreadsheet out and, and look at every single thing that you spend money on and realize that it is debt that is overwhelming you and it becomes sin because I want what I see and I want it now. And if I don't get it, I'm not happy. And guys, we're covered up. We're covered up. It's awful and it's frustrating. 
Now, let's look at Proverbs chapter 25. Proverbs chapter 25. And this kind of explains the whole problem. This kind of explains the whole problem. A man without self-control is like a city broken. Like, what if a city was broken into and left without walls? How, how would we feel? A man without self-control is like that, is what Solomon says. It's like a city broken into and left without walls. Now, if someone came in here today and all of our walls in the back and they had broken in last night, right? So we walked in this morning, and, 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 and we couldn't have our lights on. We, we couldn't have this awesome band. We couldn't, have, we couldn't have all this stuff, right? And our chairs were gone, and, and everything was missing, and they had just pillaged and, and torn it apart. We would freak out. But what about at your house? What about at your house, right? What about at your house? If someone had come and taken all of your stuff, would you not have freaked out and said, Nah! Enough! I can't believe this happened. We would call everybody, we'd call the police, we'd call all these other people, and we'd say, oh my goodness, that's terrible. A man without self-control is just like that. But guess what, guess what? Many of us live our lives, as Jesus described us, as a slave to sin. And, and we look at all these other horrible, bad sins, and we say, nah, I'm not doing that. I, I won't do those bad sins, Pastor Mark. I'm not, I'm not into those bad ones. Oh my goodness, sex sins? Nah, I'm, I, that, that's awful. I can't believe that. But then what about debt? What about the slavery that many of us and certainly I was guilty and am trying to get myself out because I do not want to be a slave to that anymore. What about that? How did I get to that point? I got to that point because I looked at what I was and I looked at what many of my friends, and some of you are in this room, I looked at what many of my friends had and I said, I deserve that. I deserve what you have. And I know I can't really afford it based on my current income but I can buy it. I can buy it. That was a man without self-control. That was a man without self-control. And guys, I'm just telling you, it leads to destruction. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is repetitive, but here's the deal. It's not what you make, it's what you spend. It's not what you make, it's what you spend. So many times like people, people think, this is crazy. What about those guys that are millionaires, right? The athletes. We pick on the athletes. What about the athletes that they made like, $50 million in their playing career. There's no way I would end up like them. Did you read what Solomon said? A man without self-control is like a city with broken walls and that's torn apart, and that's much how we are. And we're like, there's no way. If I made $50 million, I would not be that way. Guys, I'm telling you, if you spend $51 million, you're just as much a slave to debt if you made 50 is where you are today. It's not about how much money you make. It's about how much money you spend. And you are a trustee. You've been entrusted by the Lord with every single dollar that you have. And so many of us, so many of us, were slaves. Rather than being good stewards of God's money. And that's, that's why we're in the shape we're in. That's why there's $17.8 trillion in debt in this country. Now, last passage. Last passage. This is Proverbs chapter 1. It's an awesome passage on wisdom. And I just want you to see how kind of he describes. Okay, so we've pushed back. We said, you know what? I'm not worried about debt anymore. This is, this is crazy. I, I'm done with it. Here's the result, right? Here's the result. They will call upon me, but I will not answer them. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Who? It's wisdom that he's talking to. They'll look, but they won't find the wisdom anymore because they pushed away. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. 
would have none of my counsel and despised all of my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit. Listen, this is unbelievable. Because of all these things, therefore, they shall eat of the fruit of their own way. We shall eat of the fruit of our way. It says they shall eat of the fruit of their way and have their full, excuse me, have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by the turning away. Like, we're going to get what's ours because we've not listened to wisdom. On the counter, we've listened to everybody else saying, you deserve that. It's yours. No big deal. Go get it. Swipe. And, and Solomon is writing, guys, you're going to get what you get because you think you deserve it. And it's slow, right? It takes time, and I don't want to work for it. And I, I, I deserve it just as much as they do. And the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. And so here's the choice. Like this is, this is the internal battle that we have to decide in our hearts. Which one describes you? Because this is ultimately the reap and sow. So, so remember back, we till the ground, we till the ground, we till the ground. I don't see anything from that. It takes too much time. It's too slow. I'm going to go just do my own thing and I'm going to go buy it. I'm not, I'm not willing to put in the hard work that it takes to do it. Debt is okay with me. Eventually, I can pay it off because guess what? Eventually, eventually, I'll make enough money. Guys, take this as someone that's been there. In a business that I grew up working in and then in several other parts of my life, when you have $50,000 debt, it does not take $50,000 to get out. And I know some of you that are good with money are like, duh. But I'm telling you, off the top of your head, when you're spending money, what you think is eventually I'll be able to pay that off. Guys, it is a hole that is so hard to fill, and we are slaves to our lenders. And ultimately what God is saying through, through Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, is, guys, you're going to get what you sow. There's people that will go bankrupt because they keep on spending and they're not wise, and we are slaves to sin, and instead of putting, we're going to end it, and that's what we should walk out of here with today, right, is markers on our hands, not just about human trafficking, but, but about the slavery that we're all in. We are slaves to our sin because we are consumers of what we want. We, we push against give, save, live on the rest, right? We, we pushed against, I, I'm not, I'm not going to be knowing where my money's going. I, I don't care, Pastor Mark, that's a funny, cool saying, but I don't really care about your, you got to be knowing where your money's going. I, I just care. It's my money and it's no big deal. That, that's fine. But I'm just telling you, even if you're not a Christ follower, we're slaves to debt. And like it comes down to the simple things. It comes down to the simple things. So what, do you, what are you saying about a house? My, my personal opinion about a home is obviously you shouldn't buy above your means, but that's an investment. It's a tax write-off. It's an investment. And over time, if it takes you 20 or 30 years to pay it off, when you pay it off, it should be worth more than when you bought it. And if you, if you don't buy it foolishly, <coughs> for example, if you make $25,000 and you try to buy a $300,000 house, that's foolish. But if you do it within your means, that is wise. And so there are certain debts that are different than others. But guys, if you go out and leave here today and you don't make a tremendous amount of money and you buy a $50,000 car and try to pay the price for what it costs to buy that car, you're a slave to that car dealership. And we keep on, and we keep on, and we say, eventually, I'll pay it off because I'm going to make more money. And guys, you'll never make enough because it's not what you make. 
It's what you spend. And guys, here's the whole thing. Here's the whole thing. I hope that you'll leave knowing this. I hope that like if, if there's one thing that you walk away with, that this is what you'll leave knowing. God is not mad at you. God does not look down at you and say, how dare you? You are awful. You are just vile. But he also doesn't want you to be a slave. And this is the thing that I think keeps people from knowing Jesus as much as anything. And it's this story. It's this story. There was a story in Matthew chapter 19, and it's found in other passages in in the Gospels, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it was about the rich young ruler. And, And the rich young ruler comes up to Jesus and he's like, Jesus, Jesus, check this out. What do I need to do to inherit eternal life? What must I do to be saved? Like, how can I be a follower of yours? And he's like, keep the commandments. And he's like, and he names, Jesus names some commandments. He's like, that's awesome. I've done that. that that's great. What am I missing? Like, I, I've done what you asked me to do, so what am I missing? And this is what Jesus said. Sell everything that you have and follow me. Sell everything that you have and follow me. And this is the, one of the saddest verses in the Bible because it says the rich young ruler left saddened because he had much wealth, or he had a lot of stuff. And I think the rich young ruler left thinking, Jesus wants all my stuff. And this is the point. Jesus wants your heart. Jesus wants your heart. Jesus wants your heart. And so many of us walk away, and we even say, I'll give first, but we're not willing to step back and do what it takes to end it, to end it. That's what Jesus was trying to say is, guys, it's not about your stuff It's about not letting your stuff have you. And the rich young ruler had let his stuff have them. God doesn't want your stuff. He just doesn't want your stuff to have you. That's what the whole thing is about, guys. If the rich young ruler said, okay, I'll I'll give you all my stuff and I'll sell it to the poor like Jesus had said, I don't think the whole principle was to actually do it. I've I've seen people say, I'm going to sell everything that I've got and I'm going to give it to God. That's not the principle. The principle is, is your stuff what consumes you? Because as we talked about last week, you can't serve God and money. As we talked about the week before, you can't serve God and money. And today, listen, listen, you can't serve stuff and God. He doesn't want it. It's not a sin. Listen carefully. It is not a sin to have money. It's not a sin to be wealthy. It's not a sin to have fun things and stuff. It's not a sin to go on vacations. It's not at all a sin. It's a sin when it consumes us. And what's so sad about all of this is how off balance we really are, how out of kilter we really are. And there's no corrections. There's no ability for us to look because what we say instead of having the corrective pole and helping us go out and realizing that it's shaky and I'm not sure if I can make it and coming down and feeling the wind blowing and and crouching down until we feel secure, we look out and say, I got it. I'm just going to keep walking. I'm going to keep doing the same thing. And eventually I'll make more money and I'll pay it off. And guys, here's the deal. According to Solomon in Proverbs chapter 1, we're going to get what we get, which means if below us is the Grand Canyon, we're going to fall into it because we failed to make the constant corrections. Now, we have two things how we want you to respond today. And guys, I'm just telling you, I believe the Holy Spirit's moving in some of your hearts today. I really believe that. Chances are quite a few of you have a tremendous amount of debt, tremendous amount of debt back at our next steps table, back at our next steps table. We want you guys to go out and we want you guys to to realize that what we want for you, what we want for you 
is to give you an opportunity to get out of debt. We want you to get out of debt. We have coaching. We have a class that we're ready to start. If we have some of you that go back and sign up, we have a class. We have a, a man that is excited to teach. We have a few other people that will coach you and walk beside you. We have material for you. It's online. But I want you to walk back in just a minute. Walk back and say, hey, guys, I need help. And don't be embarrassed, by the way, because I think a lot of people are going to go back. Some of you need to go back right now. We have baptism next week. You need to sign up right now to be baptized. And then this is for those of you that are like the rich young ruler. This is for everyone that's like the rich young ruler. This is what I want you to do. I want you to walk back to our next steps table. And right beside the next steps table, we have our care room. And I want you to grab someone by the hand that's back there and say, look, I'm just like that rich young ruler. I've let my consumer, my consumerism be what keeps me from all surrender. Remember, remember, we said this week one, you can't surrender it all if you hold on to something. And it's not enough to say, God, here's my marriage. He wants all of you. It's never been about your money. It's always been about your heart. And I believe in this room today, because of the debt and the want and the desire, how much you want to have that, I believe in this room today, there's people that don't know Jesus. And what we want you to do as soon as the band starts in just a minute, is get up and walk to the back and say, I need to follow Jesus today because that's what's kept me so long from following him is my love for consumerism. So in, in closing, one system is fast. You can get it anytime you want, and one is slow. One brings peace, and the other brings woe. Guys, please don't hesitate. After I pray, I want you to get up, and I want you to walk to the back, and I want you to move now. And please take your next step, whatever it is. Guys, we want you to get out of debt. And it's not that we want your money. It's we don't want your money to have you. Let's pray. God, with all my heart, I believe right now that in this room today, there are people that were just like me several years ago that are up to their ears in debt and they don't know what to do. They're overwhelmed. God, I pray that you give them the boldness to step up and say, next steps, people in the back, I need help. God, I, I, I want people that will walk beside me and help me not be a slave anymore. God, we are committing today that we're going to end it, that we're going to end it, that we're going to stand up right now and we're going to say, I'm in it to end it. I'm done being a slave to sin and debt. I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk back and I'm going to end it. Guys, I, I pray right now that the people that the Holy Spirit is moving on right now, Holy Spirit, will you move on them like you never have before? And I pray that they stand up and walk to the back and ask someone to walk into the care room with them and that they'll trust you as savior and god we are so excited because god i believe when we're free we're free indeed as john chapter 8 says and god i believe people are going to walk out of here in the taking the first step of freedom in their life when it comes to their money because god it's all yours and you've entrusted us and you've dispensed it all and we're grateful for everything that you've done we love you jesus we're so excited about what you're doing in this place amen